0: Thank you. Excellent. Amen. Oh, yeah. All right. We want to share today what the Lord is doing. And I'm going to get you, Sid and Ray, to hand these out for me, please. If you would, everybody gets one. This is going to go along with what I'm going to be talking about today. Praise reports. Anybody have a praise report? God is good. He's always up to something good. Amen. Ed. Thank you, Lord, for bringing them back safe because they were up there in Silverton, Colorado. If anybody's ever gone up there? There are not too many people to get out alive traveling that road up to Silverton. They made it back. Amen? It was by God's power and His protection. Amen. Cindy and I went up on that and I said, I'll never do that again. <laughs> never again. No, because it's like a drop right off. And, and the bus driver that we had he i kept looking because you could see the edge and he was so close to it and i asked him i said how long have you been doing this he said well i just started this week <laughs> and he knew i was scared to death and he said i said well uh he goes if i make it down safe today then they give me a permanent job and i don't went oh my land so when he parked the bus he pulled off to the side and if you had opened the doors you, know, the folding doors, you would have stepped off on a 2,000 foot drop that's how close we were to the side and I'm telling you he, he knew I was scared and he knew that he was going to mess with me and he did amen never again not going to Silverton I've seen it done that and that's it amen my stomach was in knots amen thank you Lord for bringing them back what's God doing thank you yes Ellen Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for that Bible study. Keep on. I think you're bringing it across a different church wide, you know, across people. It. Amen. Amen. It's happening, okay? We'll talk about in just a minute. Anybody else? For a request? Healing? Yes. Phyllis.
1: My uh, sister, Jane, up in the
0: Which one was it? My sister, Jane. 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 Pray for Jane. Pray for Jane's healing. Lord, we ask for healing. Complete healing. Thank you, Father. We can intercede. In Jesus' name. Bring Paula and uh, family safe here. It would be good to see her. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Jerry. Yes. Pray for Jamie and Shelby, please. Pray for them. Pray for God's hand upon him. I know God hears prayer. Don't give up. Amen. Pray for Jamie. Lord, cover them and bring them into your fold. And we believe that there are people coming back. Amen. Yes, Betty. We can say "Happy Birthday" face to face today, right? Amen. Happy Birthday, Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Also, somebody else in here, a well-renowned person who's sitting in the back, back here, Trish Cum, has her birthday also. So, welcome. Thank you, Trish. Trish, having her birthday. Thank you. Anybody else? I don't want to miss anybody because De- Debbie, Happy Birthday, Debbie. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Amen. Kathy. pray for Jim for complete healing we thank you amen thank you Lord thank you amen yes thank you Jesus thank you Lord yes Janet pray for Mr. Poole amen Lydia thank you Pray for Aunt Ernestine and also Aaliyah in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Ray. Well, Lord Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. It's been a long time. daughter in son been without work Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for provision, Lord. Thank you. Yes, indeed, Debbie. Pray for Linda. Pray, Lord, we pray for complete healing for Linda. In Jesus' name, we thank you that you are a healer. You're Jehovah Rapha, and you will heal. We pray for Debbie. We want to thank Debbie and also her daughter, April, who are helping with Mary and Michelle. Thank you. And we need to pray for Debbie and her uh the sinuses situation father we just pray and thank you for debbie and her daughter april that are caring for mary and michelle we pray for complete healing from this sinus issue in jesus name we believe you amen thank you lord anybody else The, the last name, if you can give it. Radishoni. Radishoni, pray for Radishoni family and pray. Pray for the Radishoni family, healing and comfort. Yes, Michael. Amen. Thank you for bringing Karen back to with family. With family. Okay amen thank you lord yes and that bit.
1: And
0: okay. Right. Pray pray for provision. Thank you for providing. He will provide. Amen? Amen. Thank you. What's her first name? Marlene. Marlene, pray for healing. Lord we ask you to heal Marlene in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Anybody else? Stephen, and Caleb, and Elijah. Okay, they good. They're good. Pray for them. Pray, for just on my heart. And 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 Maria. Yeah. 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 Yes. Pray for Kaylee. Pray for healing, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Everybody, lift them up. She was here with us last week. Amen. Pray for. Uh, also, the Benport family thank you anybody just we need it. pray for the Barcliffe family <laughs> Tita she's strong, strong lady <laughs> pray. pray pray for Maria. Yes, and pray for a lot of Marias going to get blessed, okay? Pray for the whole thing, Marias, amen? Pray for healing and strength for the Marias around us, okay? Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Thank you to you. Yes, Nancy. for Jeanette father we just ask you to stop it stop that stuff mm-hmm. in Jesus name and drive it out of that nursing home in Jesus name we thank you Lord anybody else yes yes yeah. yeah. pray for Phil and Virginia I saw them last week and uh, they are they're a powerful couple that pray for the headies if you would please yes indeed you want revival Everybody here? Amen? Amen? We're talking about it. Just open your heart and receive because God is moving. God's doing some things. So we welcome you, Lord, to do that too. We need to. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh huh. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for that. We want that. To, uh, I had a real just a burden this morning to come with an attitude of expectancy and an, and a just a receptivity. Uh, actually, a purpose in my heart that we're going to have expectancy, we're going to see things. And then I came in, Vicki said, this is what I'm ex- right now. This is what God gave me. It's expectancy and also anticipation for what God's doing. So believe it. You know, God, open your heart and receive. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Okay. Right. Walking in the spirit. We'll get you afterwards. How about that? Yeah. Good morning. My name is Jim Barcliffe, pastor of Lighthouse Fellowship. We're glad you're here. We're just finished. People testifying as for what God has done and also visions and things that God has given us to encourage us and to speak to us. And we're grateful today that you have chosen to join us. And we pray that just as we're anticipating that we will be revived, we'll be awakened. And, you know, revive means to bring back to life. And we need an awakening in our hearts, in our churches, in the body of Christ, and across this land. When the Spirit of God moves, we know He does so wonderful things, and we're asking that to happen. You keep believing and keep trusting. We believe that God is on the move. So we're glad. Pray for God's healing in your life today if you need healing. Or if you need deliverance, maybe if something in your life has got a snare. It's the, de- the enemy has, has put a, a hook in you and you've been trying to just walk away from it. I pray God would break that off of you today in the name of Jesus and that you would have a breakthrough and you would see answered prayer like you've never had before. I pray that for you today. Maybe you've been asking for healing and we know God is our healer. We just ask you to continue. Pray that God would heal you. Don't give up. Continue to beseech him and go before his throne of grace and ask for that which only he can do. So we just join you with that today if that's what's on your heart. Those who are here, but also those who will be watching over uh, whatever length of time this particular YouTube and Facebook and all stays in circulation. We just pray, Father, that you would do that today. Whatever it is, if it is relationships that they need to be reconciled, we ask you, Lord, to flood our hearts with that spirit of reconciliation. You reconciled us, Lord Jesus, to our Father. And we believe today that you're reconciling families back together and we're just stand upon your promises because that's who you are. And we believe, dear Lord, today that those things will manifest and come to life in people's lives as families come back together. We need you, Lord, desperately. And we ask you today to put self aside and deny self and take, take up our cross daily and follow you because we know today that that old nature that we've been talking about is certainly very prevalent in our lives. So, Lord, we ask you, whatever the need may be, we run to Jesus today. Come, Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter eight. We're going to look at just uh, actually just five verses here, and uh, but I'm going to talk about the others. You can read actually down to verse 17, but we're going to read the first five verses only. And I'm going to talk about walking in the Spirit. In my years in ministry, there's several things that stand out in my mind about most important. If you want victory in your life, in your Christian walk, there are a couple things. And I'm going to share with you today one of those things, and then I'll just talk briefly about the other. Two things today that you can do. You want victory? Today, one of those things I want to share with you how to walk In the Spirit. So, therefore, in verse 1, there is no condemnation, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he, was con- he condemned sin in sinful man. In order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us. Who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the spirit. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Amen? Okay. we are going to talk about it today. I told you I said there are two things most important in a Christian's life, I believe. This particular uh, topic that I'm talking about. Walking in the Spirit. How do you walk in the Spirit? Because you're going to walk in one or the other. You're either going to walk in the Spirit or you're going to walk in the flesh. And the flesh, we know, is that old nature that's there that I'm going to tell you what that is real descriptively here by something I read that I felt like it described it very perfectly here. One of two. You're going to do one or the other. Now, I know we could all have a, a survey here. Everybody here would say, Jim, I want to walk in the spirit and I want to know how to do that. I'm going to share it with you today real simply how to do that. And next week we will conclude with that. But this has been so important. I've kind of lingered on this particular topic topic because we want victory. I don't want the enemy, to have a hold on me. Remember, Jesus looked and he said, Satan has no, nothing on me, okay? Jesus laid his life down willingly. No one took his life. He laid it down voluntarily. But he always, he, Satan had nothing on him. And I don't want Satan to have anything on me. And I know that's the same for you. We're called to be holy. And positionally, we're holy because if we've received Christ in our hearts, then we're holy. We're positioned in that place. But there's actually a working out of that holiness day by day through our experience so i want to look at this here and uh you're either walking in the spirit or in the flesh and so this is an article coming from active christianity so how can i walk in the spirit and paul writes in galatians five sixteen i say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh the flesh is the expression the bible uses for the dealing dwelling place of everything in a person that opposes god and his will got it that dwelling place, the flesh, everything that opposes God and His will. Our ego is like a command center, sending out countless signals and actions. The signals and actions from this command center all revolve around taking care of yourself, preserving your ego, getting honor and favor, and exalting yourself at others' expense. Your ego. This is the desire of the flesh which has endless demands and expectations, okay? It never stops. We can usually control our flesh to a degree, at least when the impulses of flesh do not benefit our ego. For the most part, however, our human nature is subject to the powers of the flesh. Therefore, when the negative characteristic we inherited through generations present themselves, we often hear, we're only human. However, Paul wrote that By walking in the Spirit, you no longer need to fulfill these lusts. And when you walk in the Spirit, you think and act differently than other people in the various situations of life. Ego. Ego is driving us. Ego is strong, never gets any better. The ego is always there. So how are you going to deal with this ego? Because it's a part of us. Now, and also, you always think, why'd God leave that like that, okay? Because he makes us more like Jesus Christ through that particular, the situations that we face. We actually are sanctified. You heard the word sanctification? One day we'll be glorified with Him. But right now, if you're saved, then you're going through the sanctification process. And so today, how can we go through this? And I want to say something right to begin with. In Romans chapter 8, verse 1, we just read it. It says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation. God does not condemn you at all in that. Okay? It doesn't mean that we're perfect, and it doesn't mean that we won't have and sin and stumble and fall. We confess our sins, and he's faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and to cleanse us from all righteousness. But we are not condemned at all. We are not condemned. And he says, therefore, and he uses the word therefore because he says, look at the first seven chapters of Romans. And Romans is a real foundation as far as who God is and the theology that is we all really need to be aware of because we've got to know who God is because if we don't know who God is when we go through life and we really mess up, then we obviously will stay and try to run away from God and try to hide from God. Remember what Adam did when he sinned? He tried to hide from God and how foolish that is. But if we learn we have a Father who loves us and that who will cleanse us and wash us in His His Son's precious blood then we know that obviously we will run to him every time. No condemnation, none. You're not condemned. You're saved, you believe in Jesus Christ, you've been born again, there's no condemnation because you are in Christ Jesus here. So, actually here, God's salvation is not just an abstract reality written on some legal act scroll in heaven. It's a reality that he brings into our lives in the form of practical holiness here. The Bible says, if the Son sets you free, you shall be free indeed. Not just positionally, but also uh, uh, just theoretically, but in reality. You are free. God came to set us free. That's the one thing he came for. He came for to set the captive free. And so often, you know, we, we bring our luggage along with us. And God is saying, let me take that luggage. We've been raised in particular environments, and we've talked about it. And that environment that we've been raised in actually influences our thinking later on. And even after we get saved, it still is there. It affects us how we live our lives. If you've been told you'll never amount to anything, then obviously that's a stronghold if you continue to believe it. You'll never, ever make anything out of this life. And you've messed up too bad for God to ever love you. He doesn't love you anymore. He's, not, he's, he's washed his hands of you. See, we grow up because we're around people, and people obviously are, are not, we're fallible. We don't always do it right. Even parents, even those family members around us, and they tell us something and, and all. Maybe you were told by a teacher, you know. Maybe you didn't do good, in a, very good in a subject and so forth, and you think, man, I'm a real failure. See, God doesn't see us that way at all. But if we allow that to enter our hearts and to take up camp there in our hearts, then it's a stronghold and it will continue on and it will continue to to influence how we live our lives. And it will weigh you down, you know? You feel like weight is on your shoulders and and all. And you say, well, I'm a Christian. Why can't can't I walk in the victory that I believe God has given me and so forth? Many times it's because we're hanging on to these things. Jesus said, I've come to set you free from that. That's what we're talking about today here. So, in 1 John chapter 3, he says, Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, but just as he is righteous. God's salvation is designed to bring us into the practice of righteousness in our daily lives. Now, that is obviously in reality. Now, positionally, again, we're positioned, but every day we should be walking this out. And so how do we do it? We learn to walk in the Spirit. The alarming and error of our day is something called antinomianism. And that actually, they're against the law. In other words, what they're saying here, you know, the Bible says in Ephesians that you're saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone and not anything that you can do to earn it, lest we boast in it, okay? But this particular theology says, well, if you're saved by grace, then why can't you just do anything you want? Why can't you just live whatever you want to do? God's going to forgive me. And God's grace is always there. Yes, it is there. But see, that's the fault of of what I believe down through the years. Many people have said, I just want to do what I want to do. And I don't want to abide by God's word. And that is obviously a faulty theology here. And it's sort of like a half a gospel. Yes, we are saved by grace through faith. It's a free gift. All who will just ask, open their hearts and receive. God will impart, obviously, the spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God comes into our lives, lives in our spirit, man and we are born again we are saved at that point but that's just the beginning of the journey the always what he calls us to do he always gives us power to be able to do it remember there in romans 6 14 for sin shall not have dominion over you for you are not under the law but under grace in other words dominion means to have control of you to have obviously a power over you and control over you here And obviously there is a freedom in Christ from the dominance of an addiction, a habit, or any other expression of sin. And the full gospel will make you free indeed. There is that, that power of the gospel. There is the power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Power to deliver you. Power to, to set your feet on that rock to where you will not be unsteady. So when the storms of life come, that you're anchored down in the truth, and the truth never changes. The truth is in a person. His name is Jesus, okay? And so we need to know that because I believe there will be perilous times in our life. Now, if we don't see, obviously, and I don't know when Jesus will come back, and I don't know, we've studied the tribulation uh, there in the book of Revelation and so forth, and all, we see that don't know when that would happen, but we need to always be prepared. We need to always position ourselves before the Lord and walk in that which God has called us to walk in. And that's the wonderful blessing. God will help us to do that. No condemnation at all. It is a law of operation of the Holy Spirit in me that frees me from the cycle of sin that leads me to death. There in verse 4, again, in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met, God is not trying to excuse us. He's actually trying to empower us to walk the way He wants us to walk. And it's all obviously done to make us more like Jesus. We obviously need to be more like jesus christ first peter chapter one says this but just as he ca- who called you is holy so be holy in all that you do for it is written be holy because i'm holy and since you call on a father who judges each man's works impartially live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear god wants us to obviously to be a light in the darkness and if we are living according to that old sin nature then we know that that light is not beaming the way that God would want it to. That's why a lot of times when you see Christians' lives that are truly saved, that they don't look any different than the world. They look the same. They're not walking in the Spirit. And what are they walking in? They're walking in the flesh. They actually have yielded their hearts to the the flesh. Again, one or the other you're going to walk in. And again, I want to walk in the Spirit, and I know you do also here. I want to make sure that we understand the significance of what Paul was saying in verse 2 of chapter 8. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. If you don't understand that, then obviously it's very difficult to be able to walk in the Spirit. Because the law of the Spirit has set me free. You need to obviously purpose in your heart and say, this law of the Spirit has set me free from those old selfish things that are there, have been there, and they'll always be there, that I don't have the yield to, that I have the power of God's Spirit in my life to say no to these things. I have that power within me. Do You know that. We had that. I know we stumble and fall, but we have that power within us. We make choices every day, and we need to make the choice to live in the, in the Spirit. So first of all, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of life. He's the active representative, obviously, of the Trinity here on earth. Remember, Jesus said... It's expedient that I go back to the Father so the Father can send the Holy Spirit who will be in you and be with you. Why did he say it's expedient that I go to the Father? In other words, really, I've got to go there quickly and so forth because he wanted believers to have the power in their lives, every individual believer, to have the power of God, to walk in the Spirit, to be able to overcome the devil and his tactics and the things that come at us on a regular basis. And you will experience spiritual warfare. We've talked about it. You will do that. If you want to know Jesus Christ, then you will experience pushback, okay? Definitely. If you're just sitting on the bench and you're taking a neutral position and so forth, the enemy probably won't bother with you as much, maybe, because you're no threat to him. But when you begin to aggressively seek after the Lord with all of your heart and love him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbors yourself, then you are a target, and he will come after you. So we need to know, what do we do here? And so he see here that there's a principle of sinful desire in your body that pulls you towards sin. sin. There's that in your body, my body, your body here. And so verse 2 is telling us that God's solution to our struggles with sin is to overcome one law with a greater law. Let me give you an example. 747. I love aircraft. I could sit at the end of a runway here at Hobby or Intercontinental and watch planes land and come in. I just love it. It's fascinating to me how they can get that big plane, which is many tons, up in the air. Anybody like that? I love that. I love to see that. You see people will park. They used to now because of uh, 9-11. They don't allow you to do that as much. But I love to see that. So I've always been fascinated with that 747. It's huge. You know, it's got the big hump on it and all, and it just, I forget, it's had several hundred people that it will transport and so forth. It's got two engines on each end, and when it, when it runs down the r- runway to take off, you know, it looks like to me, man, they better pick up steam because they're not going to get off the runway. But eventually, that plane lifts off, okay? Well, there is the law of gravity that is actually pushing that big plane down. You can take a feather and drop a feather and the law of gravity will drop that feather to the ground. Amen. Right. So there has to be, again, a law of gra- gravity. There has to be a greater law that kicks in for that big plane to get up in the air. Right. What is that law? Anybody? Yeah. Aerodynamics. The law of aerodynamics. So that law of aerodynamics overcomes the law of gravity. And that plane gets off the ground. It's the same way of what Paul is saying here as far as our nature. The law, the life of the Spirit, overcomes the law of sin and death. It overcomes. There has to be a greater law that overcomes that law. And that law is the life of the Spirit. It, every, every time. And again, God looks at us and we choose every day what to uh, abide by and how to make choices. But... At the same time, what he's saying here is, is that you can overcome these things. You can walk in the Spirit. I've called you to do that, and you can here. And so, how do I take advantage of the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells within me? Let me just obviously here, I want to uh, let this, his, his life take over and actually enable me to fly. How are you going to fly like that 747? This is why we're talking about this today here. He says this. Those who live according to the sinful nature, actually, will describe every unbeliever. It describes every carnal Christian living by the sinful nature there. They've not given any thought to what I'm talking about today. They just think they are saved, and yes, they are, and they're going to heaven. But I want to tell you today, there's a much greater law there and living by the Spirit. There's a greater victory that we can live by by living by the Spirit. And we can do that to everybody. And this is so simple, but it's things that we obviously neglect and and we don't think about when we're making decisions. and all. Think about this past week, the decisions that you made. Did you consult with the Spirit? Did you do that? Or you just automatically did it. I'm not saying, asking the Lord what cereal you eat in the morning, okay? But I'm talking about the things that you do that are of grave consequence. The things that may have some type of... Uh, a long-term effect upon your life. How many of us really ask the Lord for that? You know? I mean, I don't know about you, but every situation I'm in is beyond me. It's over my head. I've gotten that way. I thought the older I would get, maybe I'd be a little bit better in that. I'm not. I'm still dependent upon the Holy Spirit to guide and direct me. And so why don't we just lean upon Him and walk in the Spirit each and every day instead of making decisions that may be in the flesh that may bring... Bad consequences down the road and so forth. We don't look and, and so forth. It's something that we have to discipline ourselves with each and every day. And it's very important, you see. Because you see a non-Christian and a Christian that's just walking in the flesh, or a carnal Christian, no, no difference, you see. Their deeds are just as stinky, just as self-centered, and just as difficult, obviously, as anybody else, you see. But if we obviously, because we want to make a difference here. And even Christians that are walking in the flesh, they've got a lot of Christian jargon. They go, oh, man, you need to pray about that or you need to do this and that and so forth. And they're not walking in the spirit. And so you see that religious veneer covers that, that, uh, that walking in the flesh and it kind of covers it up a little bit, but it still stinks, doesn't it, you see? It's still not good. And we can do that because down deep, God is looking at our hearts. He's saying, what are we like here? What do, you, what do we want, you see? Let me ask you this. In the workplace you see or in the family in the church house how do you treat other christians with respect dignity how do you uh have you ever been in a situation where you know the person was a christian and obviously you really thought they were and and they were like, acting like everybody else you ever been around them you know you know uh, obviously in the workplace and when i was in management obviously or when i was in hospice or whatever you were calling was big how did you act in the marketplace did you act just like they did Did you use the same language that they did? Did you still still do the same things they did? Tell the dirty jokes that they did? Did you do the things that they did because you wanted to go along to get along? You see, what happened then? You could have been a Christian, certainly, but you're walking in the flesh and not in the spirit. God has called us out. And I mentioned that in the marketplace, we obviously not boastfully or arrogantly or any way like that or obnoxiously, but we raise our flag. We're Christian. Please don't talk like that. Please don't do that. And we call that out, you see. We're here as salt and light, you see. But it says if the salt loses a savor a flavor, then it's worth nothing. It actually should be just thrown out. And a lot of times, we're not walking in the Spirit. The The other scripture that I was talking about, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it says that pulling down all strongholds, and taking every thought captive and making it obedient to Christ. These two things, doing that. And I mentioned here over the last few weeks about taking those thoughts captive because your mind is obviously the battlefield and where it takes place. And that's where the enemy will put these thoughts in your mind. You need to do this because that person just hurts you. You need to seek revenge on this person. Or you need to be mad at this person. Or you need to get back at this person. You see, all that's flesh. It's not spirit. God says, forgive. Forgive. God said, let it go. Come to me. When we have a trouble, you know, sometimes I vent with things. With, certainly with Cindy, I vent the, this and that. And a lot of times, I haven't gone before the Lord and discussed it with Him. And even that in itself could be something that could slip right over and walk in, in the flesh instead of the Spirit. Obviously, when sister so-and-so says this and that, how did you react? How did you obviously respond here in that particular way? Did you react the way the world reacted? Or do you ra- react the way a Christian reacts? Which way? There's only two choices here. And what happens when you react like the world does? Again, you're walking in the flesh and not in the spirit. Since Christians go, obviously, to church every Sunday here, they read the Bibles, say prayers, but obviously... Sometimes, I don't know whether y'all have ever seen it before and Christians say, I'm a, I'm a Christian and so forth, but sometimes it seems like to me, they're meaner than junkyard dogs. Okay? And sometimes that projections you see, they don't love. There's no love. And if there's no love, then we know, obviously, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, it's like a clanging cymbal, especially. He's talking about tongues and so forth. But the whole thing is saying that if we don't have love in our hearts for one another, in one way or another, we're walking in the Spirit, forgiving. You know that, those bracelets that used to be out, WWJD? What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? How would He respond in those particular situations? Obviously, if everybody's living around me, living according to the flesh, and that's the standard I measure myself by, then I'll probably not change. That's one reason it's so important. Obviously, we need to get into the Word. That's why people need to get into Word and get into church. They need to come to the church house. They need to have their faith strengthened by people today. Need to, obviously, don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that is in the word of God and in everyday situations and how you and I respond in every choice that I make and you make. God gives us the power. He never calls us to do something that he does not give us the power and strength to be able to do. Obviously, in verse 6 through 8, Paul is sure we understand that the end result of these two paths are very different here for to be car and to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity or is against God for it's not subject to the law of God nor indeed can it be so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God so if I live a carnal life uh, I fall I follow the impulses of my sinful nature I will not be pleasing to God, and I will experience death one way or another, spiritual death certainly, and sometimes people have actually done that, and they've sinned, and they've obviously, something has happened to where they've actually physically died, okay? But there's death in there, because in one way or another, when we are not obviously before the Lord asking forgiveness and so forth, we go along, again, this is not saying perfection, I'm not saying that at all, don't get me wrong. Because obviously Jesus is always there with his arms wide open saying, run to me, I love you and I forgive you, but you've got to do it. But we've got to walk in, in this holiness in the Spirit each and every day. God is calling us to that, you see. When you walk in the Spirit, it is peace and joy. Somebody's walking in the flesh, they're never happy. They're complaining. They don't like anything. They're frustrated about anything, everything, you see. They just, they're Fearful, they've been afraid. I've talked about this with the vaccine and so forth. We're not to be afraid. You need to make choices on what you will do and so forth. But he did not call us to be afraid. That's not God. That's the devil. The spirit of fear is not what God has given us. He's given us a power, a, a spirit of love and power in a sound mind, but also an anger. People are angry. I don't know about y'all, and I've said this many times before. Even this past week, uh, I didn't. I was riding along, people, and they come in here this morning. This guy came up behind me. You know, the, the freeways are open on Sunday morning. And the guy came up right behind me. I thought he was going to hit me in the back of my car. He got right on my bumper. Nobody was even around me. I don't know what his issue was, but I think he probably had anger in his heart and so forth because people are sitting right on the edge of their seats now because they're so angry. They're so frustrated. You see, a person that continues to act like that. What that does, the enemy is just controlling them. The enemy's just taking control there. But we are not to act that way. When somebody does that, what do you do? Do you obviously uh, flip a a finger? Okay. Hopefully not. Okay. Hopefully not. You know what you do? Bless them. Thank you, Michael. Blessing. Amen. Thank you. You bless them. We bless them. We obviously... Turn bad into good by doing the opposite of what the world does. We can pretty much tell why, way we should should operate if we look at the way the world is operating. It's just real easy, isn't it? Because the world's definitely walking, if you call it in the flesh. They're certainly there. It's important here in verse five. Those who live according to the simple nature have their minds set, and I say that have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires here. What determines whether I walk in the flesh or in the Spirit? It all hinges on what I choose to set my mind on. What's our mind on? Sometimes it's just say, Lord, just help me to get through the day, right? But really, get up in the morning. And don't say, good Lord, it's morning again, Lord. Just say, good morning, Lord, okay? Turn it around, Okay? Start it off by saying, Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for this day. It'll set the day for you. Okay? And you know you and I and all of us and beyond will obviously face some type of adversity, more than likely. That's the world we live in. Jesus said, just be aware of it. There will be persecution. There will be adversity here. But he says, Be also be aware, I've overcome the world. One day we will not be here. And that's our whole hope is in, obviously, Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. But obviously, set your minds on on those things of the Spirit here. So this past next week, before we go into the handout, I want you to uh, think about... I'm going to quiz you next week, okay? Don't stay away from church because the pastor says he's going to question. I'm not going to put you on the spot. But just think about it. Think about it. And I want you, because what it is, is discipline. It's not, it's not like, hey, this is a piece of cake. It's discipline. But once you get disciplined in it, you'll do it. Begin to set your mind on the things of the Spirit. Begin to think about the Lord. And I'll share with you just a moment about how, some things you can do in relation to that. Think about the Lord and so forth. So just for an example, suppose somebody's spoken ill of you. You obviously don't, don't get the job that you applied for. Your finances are a mess. Your family's a mess. The Holy Spirit obviously will bring to remembrance the truth from God's Word. That's who He is, our helper, our advocate. And He will bring to mind those things if we're allowing. But what happens is we get all cluttered because we're all mad and we're hurting and we're fearful and we're afraid and all this sort of stuff. What about my finances going to make it? What about this and that? Whatever it may be, God has not called us to a life of chaos. He's called us to a life of peace and joy. Think about it. Matthew six thirty four. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Don't worry. You worry, 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 worry. We worry about this. We worry about that. I mean, I know nobody in here worries about anything except for me. I know that. So I'm preaching to myself. So don't worry. But you worry about this and that, right? You always hear. But if you're in worship, obviously it says, and you have something against your brother, leave your gift at the altar and go to that person, make it right. You see. walk in the spirit each and every day and you will not fulfill the lust of of the flesh. Ralph Waldo Emerson said this, sow a thought and you reap an action. Sow an action and you reap a habit. Sow a habit. And you reap a character. Sow a character. And you reap a destiny. I'll read it again. Sow a thought. And you reap an action. Sow an act. And you reap a habit. Sow a habit. And you reap a character. Sow a character. And you reap a destiny. Walking in the spirit. Turn in your hand out if you would please. To the first we're going to talk about how do we do it you want to say oh Jim I want to do it it's easy but it takes discipline Okay. okay. The f- this is from a pastor John Piper he is a well known and he is very very good theologically I would never present to you anything anybody would say that I th- thought had error theologically he is a very good pastor okay everybody got one everybody we got enough of them a lot of people are here today okay did we run out of them oh oh ye of a little faith i only made 30 <laughs> forgive me thank you lord for you know i won't do that again okay look at the first point if y'all can look on one another first is acknowledge and i'm going to read some of this because it's important and then explain it this is how do you walk in the spirit First of all, we've got a knowledge from our hearts that we're helpless to do any good apart from the enablement of the Holy Spirit. In Romans seven eighteen, I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwells no good thing. And what did Jesus mean when he said in John fifteen five, without me, you can do nothing. Of course, we can do something without Jesus. What? We can sin, <laughs> right? But that's all we can do. So the first step of walking by the Spirit is this. Admit this fact and let it have its devastating effect on our pride, we cannot do anything pleasing to God without the constant enablement of the Spirit. Everybody can do that? Everybody? Acknowledge. I cannot do anything of any, obviously, eternal spiritual consequence that is good without Jesus Christ. You can do that, right? I cannot walk in the Spirit without the enablement and power of the Holy Spirit. I can't do it. I'll try but what happens is I become legalistic and then obviously I become (laughs) I become really really hard to get along with because I'm striving all that time and I'm trying to do it because I'm going oh gosh I got to do this I got to do that and it's a bunch of rules and regulations I've always told you you know you've got privacy fences now if there's a hole in that privacy fence and you tell someone don't look in that privacy fence through that hole what will they do They'll they'll go look right yep yep So the do's and don'ts is not the Christian life, okay? It's a life walking in the Spirit, yielding, just yielding to Him. I cannot live this life that God has called me to do. Can anybody agree with that? I can't do this, and neither can you. Without me, you can do nothing, of course. You can sin without Jesus, obviously. But that's all we can do. So the first step of walking in the Spirit, admit this fact, and let it have its devastating effect on our pride. Number two, pray. Ezekiel thirty six, thirty seven. that God will put his spirit within us and cause us to walk in the statues. Pray that he does it to you by his almighty power here. We have the spirit of the Lord in us. We ask the Lord to cause us, listen to that word, cause us to walk in his statues and pray that he does this by his power. Many of you know the glorious liberating experience of having an irresistible desire for sin overcome by a new and stronger desire for God in his way. But as you look back, whom do you attribute that new desire? Where did it come from? It came from the merciful Holy Spirit. Therefore, let us pray like Paul did in first Thessalonians three twelve, for that chief fruit of the Spirit. Now may the Lord make you increase, abound in love to one another and to all men. So let's do that. Lord, that you would make us increase and abound in love towards one another and to all men. In the Hebrews thirteen twenty one. And let's pray like the writer of Hebrews. And now may the God of peace equip you with everything good that you may do His will, working in you that which is pleasing in His sight through Christ Jesus here. If it is God alone who works in us what is pleasing in His sight, then above all, we've got to pray. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew and put a renewing spirit within us, okay? That's Psalm 51. When David was called in the act, he obviously he... Nathan confronting about the act of adultery there with Bathsheba. This is his act asking forgiveness. David is asking, Lord, you create this in my heart because I can't do it. How many of you pray that prayer? I pray that. Lord, create this in me because I cannot create in me a clean heart without you doing it. Now, I'm going to share with you today what do we do and how do we actually uh, do this and walk in this too as we go through this. I want you to know. The third, look at number three. Then trust the third key involved in walking by the spirit is faith we must believe that since we have come under the gracious sway of god's spirit sin will no longer have dominion over us or control okay this confidence is what paul meant by reckoning ourselves dead to sin and alive to god romans six eleven. we simply count on it that the spirit who made us alive when we were dead in sin wills he wills our holiness everybody agrees with that and has the power to achieve what he wills. Everybody believe that, amen? He wills that we become holy because he's God, and he's preparing us for heaven. He's getting us ready. He wills that. So we know if he wills it, then he can do it. You may remember in one of, obviously he says here in John, it's on my sermons on prayer, I said that one of the things we believe can pray for with an undoubting faith that God will do it is our sanctification which is same as being led by the Spirit here. And obviously the reason we know it is that God will cause His children to be led by the Spirit. And the way we know this is because Romans eight fourteen, where God says that we can't even be a child of God unless you're led by the Spirit. And He says this, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons and daughters of God. If you are a child of God, you have a solid and unshakable promise that God will give you victory over those powerful desires of the flesh. And one word of caution here, listen to this, do not prejudge the timing of the Holy Spirit's work. Why he liberates one person overnight, but brings another the freedom through months of struggle is a mystery concealed from our eyes at this time. He says he wills this. And so what do we say? Lord, I want to cooperate with you. I have faith that you can do it because I know your word says it, and I believe you. And I want to cooperate with you in this. I want to be holy as he is holy. Not just positionally, but also experientially every day. And not just so I can brag about it and say, Hey, look how pious I am. <laughs> look at my halo. And that's not the purpose at all. It's actually to walk in that because we're here to make a difference. We are different than this world, right? We are like salmon swimming upstream. You've seen them jumping out of the water. You know, we're going against the tide, okay? The culture is going down the pits. But we're going against the culture. And we've got to obviously act like it by the power of God's Spirit. I can't do it, but God can. Look at number four, act. The fourth step is walking by the Spirit after you acknowledge your helplessness without Him. Pray for His enablement and trust in His deliverance, His act the way you know is right. Remember, do it. This is not step number one. Here, all our actions would be works of the flesh here. But he's saying here, what we've done is yielded to the Spirit. We said we can't do it. And so here we act with all of our might, doing what is right. Okay? And look at what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God which is in me. So Paul was working like crazy. This is not a works theology. We're saved by grace through faith. Nothing I do can save me. I'm talking about I've been saved by his grace here, but I work with all of my might because I can't do it, and I'm believing the Holy Spirit for his power to be able to be more like Jesus and to do what Jesus has called me to do. We're called to be his disciples, and why would he call us to be his disciples if he says, I'll just leave you, let you hang out there on your own? He doesn't do that. He always helps us to do that. Lord, give us the enablement to do that. Everybody want that enablement, amen? You can say amen to that. I want to hear from you here. Y'all are quiet out there. Have I lulled you to sleep? <laughs> Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Romans 15, a person has acknowledged his helplessness, prayed for God's enablement to do right, and yielding himself confidently to the sovereignty of the Holy Spirit. And he has an astonishing incentive to do righteousness, namely the confidence that whatever righteous acts he does, listen, it is God Almighty who is at work in him, giving him the will and the power to do it. Isn't that good? He does it. You do anything good, you've yielded, you've asked God to give you the power through the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I know nothing good dwells within me far from your spirit, okay? Would you do it? And then you begin to work as hard as you can for the Lord. He gives you the power. But then you look back and say, I didn't do that. The Apostle Paul said, I didn't do that. It was by the grace of God that that took place. And what happens then? You turn and glorify Him. He gets all the glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for doing that. But he doesn't say, sit back and do nothing. And we'll read about that in just a minute. Look down here. There are two things wrong, obviously, with the statement here. With the Spirit is sovereign, I can't do any good without His enablement. Then, may I might as well sit here and do nothing. Now, look at it. There are two things wrong with this statement. And it's self-contradictory. And it's unbiblical. It's a contradiction to say, I'll just sit here and do nothing. If you choose to sit in your chair while the house burns down, you have chosen to do something, right? Okay? You know, just as a person who chooses to get up, save himself and others, so why should you think the one choice any more inconsistent with the sovereignty of God than the other? And such a statement is also unbiblical because of Philippians chapter two. We read it, beloved. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Get out of the chair. The house is on fire, because not in spite of, but because God is at work, and you both to will and to work for His good pleasure. That makes sense. Well, God's able to enable me. I might as well just sit here. No. You get out and you do it. And you work for the Lord. But you look back and say, it was him. He prays through you. He ministers through you. It's all him. So when we get to heaven, what we say, but Lord, look what I've done for you. Look what I've done here. Haven't I done a lot of good stuff for you, Lord? you won't be able to do that. You'll be able, when Jesus brings the recognition because you did that because you brought glory to him. And God said, no one will steal my glory. No one will take my glory. He'll not give that to anybody. And so what he says is, recognize today, without God's spirit and his power within us, we're helpless. Helpless. But he enables us. Lord, enables us, right? You ever felt that ever since that? Ever experienced that? God, it was God. And you go, that's all God. That's him. I did it and God worked through me, but that's all God. Isn't that great? He does that, and He loves to do that, and He'll do it just powerfully, if you allow Him. It's a great incentive, not discouragement, that all our effort to do what is right is the work of Almighty God within us. All of that. Any effort I make to do right is a sign of God's grace at work within me. Isn't that goodness? Any, anything that you do, you've come to that place recognizing it, so any work that you do it's God's power working within you. Why does Paul said, say always to give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus? It's because everything comes from Him. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. Amen? James? Book of James? Everything. And we, we just go on we forget it because we're not walking in Spirit. We haven't thought. We don't have our minds on the Spirit. We have our minds on just trying to make it through life. Get your mind on the Spirit. Think about Him. Then the last is thank. Okay? The final step, walking in the Spirit, is thank God for any virtue attained or any good deed performed. If without the Spirit we can do no right, then we must not only ask for His enablement, but we also thank Him whenever we do it. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, Paul says, Thanks be to God who puts the same earnest care for you into the heart of Titus. Titus loved the Corinthians. Where did that come from? God put it in his heart. It was a fruit of the Spirit. So what God does Paul do? He thanks God. And Titus should too. Thanks be to God who puts love in our hearts. If we live by the Spirit, then let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us acknowledge from our hearts that we're unable to please God without God's Spirit. Constant enablement. Let us pray for that enablement. Let us trust confidently in the Spirit's power and promise to give that enablement. And then let us do what we know is right. And having done that, let us turn and say with all the saints, not I, but the Spirit of Christ within me, thanks be to God, to him be glory forever and ever. Amen. (laughs) You got it? I can't do it. And then I'm going to conclude, how do you do that? How do you walk in the Spirit? Simply. Talk to him. Talk to him. Holy Spirit, I love you. Thank you, Lord. I'm talking to you right now, Holy Spirit. Thank you. I love you. Thank you for enabling me to be able to stand up here before this crowd of people and these who are watching and share the word of God, word of truth. I pray you'll use it for your glory because it is you, not I. I did speak, yes. But I realize I can't do anything apart from you. I want to walk in the Spirit. You know, my prayer is, Lord, teach me to walk in the Spirit. You can do that, right? Teach me. God will teach us. But obviously, he will, he will do that. Talk to him. Holy Spirit, help me with this. You go about your days. I want to just, and then I'm going to test you next week, okay? Y'all going to be tested next week terribly. I, I hope y'all all show up. Please do not stay away because the pastor is testing people. I won't put you on the spot, but I want you to think about it. Is to think about how many times during the day that you just for a moment stop and say, Holy Spirit, am I doing what you want me to do? talk to him because he'll talk back he wants to have a communion with you it's called communion with the holy spirit it's called obviously that dialoguing i do a lot of talking but we need to listen right we need to listen to him he's speaking he talks i want you to know and you've got it's a process and it is learning okay it is don't don't if you get it wrong or maybe you go for a time period you don't you don't stop and reflect upon that don't beat yourself up god's not calling us to do that he's saying i'm teaching you but if you're disciplining yourself, the Holy Spirit, am I doing what you want me to do? Just say it under your breath. Talk to him. I love you. I want, I need you. I want you to direct my paths. I want you to, to take care of me. I want you to do this. And maybe you could just pray to him. You could talk to him. Yes, we pray through the Father through Jesus' the Son. Yes, but you can talk to the Holy Spirit and you can pray to him. He's the, the third person of the Trinity. He's God. He lives within us. He's here right now. Amen. He's here. And so talk to him and just say, I love you. I love you. I want to know you more intimately. I don't feel like I know you as intimately as I want. I want all. I just want you, I want to yield my life totally to you. I want to give my all and all to you. Whatever it is. And tell him that. And just talk to him and get back. And then listen to what he has to say. He'll direct you. And you'll get more and more obviously aware of his presence. Obviously. And you'll obviously be more sensitive to what he wants to say. Amen? Amen. Amen. Good stuff. Amen. The word of God's good stuff. Amen. Thank you, Lord good stuff Lord is good amen next week we'll talk a little bit about it too in a different way I'll have a handout next week also some things I want to teach you about I want everybody just really because I think I really got God's word is spirit out and I believe that he's up to great things y'all believe that right I believe it okay I'm coming expecting this coming week ask the Lord say Lord let expectancy and anticipation well up in my heart as we get together corporately not just obviously here when we gather but also every day but certainly when we gather in Jesus name and that God's going to do something. I think he's in the business of doing miracles. And he's supernatural. And he's doing great things. Amen. I want to be a part of that. And I know you do also. I want this church to be a part of it. And I do believe that that he is doing it. So, questions? Anybody questions? Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hmm. we got a lot of stuff we poured into you. And we still got a little bit of time. I could still go on if you want me to kidding let's pray father thank you for your word your truth and we love you we want to walk in the spirit lord we want to uh obviously just those things that are of the flesh we don't want any parts of them we want to be different we want to be like jesus and we know lord only only by your power and your enablement can we do that And we can't do it lord We know, Lord, so often I feel like I've just slipped right over in there and I'm acting like the world, I'm doing, I'm making decisions and I'm not asking and consulting you. And times when I feel like, oh gosh, the things that maybe I'm thinking about and all that, maybe they're just not like you. And so, Lord, help us in our thought life and what we set our minds towards, Lord, that we would discipline ourselves and take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ pulling down every every imagination, everything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, we pull them down in Jesus' name. Those strongholds. I pray you tear down strongholds in every person's life here in this place, whoever has a stronghold. And those watching also, those things that have kept, kind of just grabbed the hold of us and won't let go for many, many years. I just right now break that off of you in Jesus' name. Tell you, you have no more control over our minds, over our thought lives and the things that you you uh, obviously the things of God are priority. So we think upon the things of the Spirit. we like that 747, Lord. There's a greater law. It's a greater law. The law of the Spirit overrides the law of sin and death. And right now we choose the law of the Spirit and to walk in the Spirit. Father, I pray every person here would get it. That you would speak, because it's about what you say. I thank you, Lord, for your, you, you speaking, Lord, and I just ask you, I get out of the way. And you speak. And thank you for your presence in this place. And we pray these things today. In the almighty, precious name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you for joining us today. And uh, we come back next week. We're going to talk about walking in the spirit. The second part of it. And we'll talk about it a little bit. And then uh, we'll see what the Lord has to say uh, beyond that. That God would have his way. Just ask him. Say, Lord, can you do it? Enable me to do it. And I trust you to do it because your word says so. And then I'm going to do whatever you call me to do. And I know it's all because of you and you'll get the glory. Amen? Amen. Come back next week. God bless you. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Everybody, all hearts clear. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Anybody need prayer at the end? We are here. We'll wait up here. Just need prayer. We're talking about that in our ministry team training and Sunday school and we'll pray for you, we, we hear we linger and all so forth they'll wait for you food won't get cold you guys are great you guys so good thank you Lord Father we thank you for your word, your truth and Lord your presence increase that Lord increase Just that awareness that we know you are here, Lord. You are here, Holy Spirit. And we love you. We praise you. And we know, Lord, that you're here to meet whatever the need may be. And we're just your children. And we know you're teaching us. You're leading us. Help us to be reminded of that first verse. It says, Therefore, there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. We are not condemned. And you never will condemn us. you always build us up, Lord. you never tear us down. But, Lord, you've come to set us free. Help us this week to walk in the Spirit, to keep our minds on the things of the Spirit, and to cast those things out that are the things of our sinful nature, those things that keep rearing their ugly head. Father, we'll honor you and glorify your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord.